Welcome back to our episode on To All the Boys I've Loved Before, featuring Ready to Be Petty podcast. Where we last left off, Peter and Lara Jean got into a big fight about Lara Jean wanting to end their relationship before the ski trip. Lara Jean then agreed only to go on the trip if her friend Christine agreed to go as well, knowing that she hates school functions. And now, back to the show. Uh, so they're back at Laura Jean's home, and Christine is, like, sitting on the counter drilling Dr. Covey, Covey about why he wanted to be an OBGYN. And he was, she's like, so you were in college and you just decided you wanted to stare at vaginas all day? And he's like... Bulb. <laughs> He's like, Laura Jean, come get your crazy friend. <laughs> um, and she walks in and they're sitting on the couch now and they're and Chris is just asking, like, why does Peter want you to go on the trip so bad? And why do you have to go if you don't want to? And Laura Jean is like, Well, I said I would only go if you went and you don't want to, right? So we don't have to go. And Chris Dean is like, no, you should definitely go. Otherwise, my cousin Jen is going to snatch up your man. She, yeah, they just both agree to go on the ski trip. I guess Chris is kind of urging Laura Jean to get back with Peter and to mend mend fences. And Laura Jean's dad um, chimes in and is like, yeah, Chris is totally right because, like, I've seen how happy you've been with him over the last couple months. Like, you're going to parties, you're making new friends. And he just says, like, it's made me really happy and proud as a dad. And I think that this is, like, such an underrated like plot line um is just like her coming out of her shell and like what that means to her dad because obviously he seemed worried that she would be closed off forever so it's such a cute moment basically they're going it's a done deal the morning of uh dr covey drives laura jean over to the ski trip bus and before he lets her out he's like we have to talk about your sexual health absolute cringe moment and he's just like telling her facts about abstinence-based birth control it doesn't work and hands her a gigantic manila envelope of (laughs) condoms and tells her that pulling out is not protection and i was like daphne duke like simon duke of hastings y'all need to get your asses in here yeah. So Laura Jean, absolutely horrified, just scarred now, is like getting out of the car. Her dad tells her to have fun, and she's like, Yes, thank you. I have a lot of rubbers for that specifically. <laughs> I love this scene. I think it's like so funny. I think that it's great to have it in a like a modern teen yeah. movie. I think we talked about this in our 10 Things I Hate About You episode, how that dad treats like the sexual health of his daughters. Mm-hmm. And he's as, also like, an, an OBGYN. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Versus this, this is like the way to go. It's very healthy. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing, but I would much rather this than like a father that would shame me in like every possible way. Yeah. So then Lara Jean gets on the bus where Peter is waiting for her. He has like a seat saved and she walks right past him and he's like, whoa, 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 hey, 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 uh. <laughs> where are you going? 
and she's like, oh, I'm going to go sit with Chris, who is literally asleep <laughs> after apparently being at an EDM concert all night. So Jen then gets on the bus and she's like, oh, Peter, is the seat taken? And he's like, well, fucking guess not. So she sits with him and Lara Jean is sitting next to Chris and she's like, this was a mistake. And Chris is like, yeah, I can't believe you like made me agree to go on a trip that requires me to get up before seven. So then the bus heads off to the ski trip. We see these like gorgeous like aerial shots of the forest. That love song, I Like Me Better, yeah. plays as they roll on up to the lodge. So they get to the ski resort and it's like gorgeous and it's just all Insane. of their like best school friends and it's unchaperoned because apparently because king batch is like the chaperone and obviously (laughs) like he's uh not doing a very good job so he like throws all of the room keys just like in a pile which is just like that would just never happen he he's like sleep wherever you want (laughs) i literally rewound it because i was like wait what who gave him this and he all he says is like they gave me the room keys and told me to make sure everyone gets in their correct room. And he, what? and then he says, and I said to them, fuck that. Like, <laughs> sleep where you want, sluts. Yeah, yeah. That was, like, <laughs> alarming. Oh, I was like, insanity. people would have still slept wherever they want, it, like, without you throwing the keys yeah. everywhere. <laughs> like, what a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Um... So this was also, like, so weird because they're in, like, a ski chalet and there's, like, a balcony and Jen is standing, like, on the top and everyone else is on the bottom. Kind of like Sharpay in High School Musical. Yeah. <laughs> like, of very course. Queen Bee. Yeah. And she's like, hey, Peter, like, meet me on a black diamond. Uh, last one down the... Sc- I can't even say this with a straight face. Last one down the slope, I was the other a hot toddy. And I sure. Just, like, okay, They're like 16. Hot- <laughs> yes. Yeah. A hot toddy is like a hot alcoholic beverage. Like, Girl, you sound crazy. Owes me like a fireball, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. It's like, if you're drinking, you are drinking like out of your stolen parents yeah you're drinking garbage liquor yes you're stealing like a mickey and putting it in your backpack you're not mixing a hot toddy (laughs) yeah you don't have like a a cocktail shaker in your room and bitters and whatnot it's just so Mm. bad um and again it's just showing that like jen's really competent at skiing um and has done a lot of things with Peter mm-hmm. and Laura Jean cannot keep up. She's like, has a bag of books, <laughs> which we'll yeah. get to. Um, Chris keeps telling Laura Jean, like, you need to go get your man. And Laura Jean's like, I cannot, um, like, keep up with this girl. I don't even know how to ski. And like I just said, she opens up her book bag and it's just like, all romance novels, which is cute. <laughs> Very cute. <laughs> and Lucas uh, comes up to Chris and Laura Jean, and Chris is like, okay, well, you'll you'll probably go skiing. And he's like, no, I'm staying in with Laura Jean <laughs> for sure. I don't do yeah. the cold. Mm-hmm. And then they end up doing face masks, and it's just like, it's a really cute moment of them 
on their beds with face masks on for like 30 seconds before taking yeah. them off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when they're together, Lorjean tells him um, the truth of what's happening with her and Peter. And Lucas is like, it doesn't matter how it started because I can tell Peter really likes you. And I'm like, it yeah. it has taken you until this man is telling you what's yeah. good to figure out what's actually happening. I can't. For real. And I love his line. He's like, the way he looks at you like a sexy little Rubik's Cube. <laughs> he can't figure out, but he's having fun trying. Oh, my, oh God. my God. Pretty unbelievable. But Laura Jean is worried he's still obsessed with Jen and she doesn't want to embarrass herself. And Lucas is like, look at the facts. The fake relationship was Peter's idea. You know, you're the one who said no kissing and you're the one car bloating with a gay man while he's probably waiting for you in the hot tub. So it's Peter who has the unreciprocated feelings, like if anyone. Finally, somebody is talking some sense into this girl. So she scampers on down her nightgown and a parka. Peter is, in fact, in the hot tub. This scene is, like, so gorgeously colored. Like, the hot tub has, like, some, like, neon blue lights in it. Like, it's stunning. So he kind of, like, gives her the cold shoulder at first. She's trying to talk to him and, like, apologize for not sitting with him on the bus. And she's like, well, you know, you should be thanking me because you got to sit next to who you actually wanted. And he is like, are you kidding me? Are you for real? And he tells her that she can be so dense sometimes. Like he wanted to sit next to her. And he even packed all of her favorite snacks, including the Yakult drinks. And she's like, but those are from the Korean grocery store across town. And he's like, yes. If I went all the way across town to get you something you like, that must mean. And she's like, you really like yogurt? (laughs) Girl. And this is when he strangles Laura Jean face down in the hot tub. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So Peter kind of just, like, tells her she's impossible and laughs it off. So she, like, apologizes sincerely for not sitting next to him. And then she gets into the hot tub in her nightgown and, like, walks on up to him. What a bold gal. Yeah, she just, like, looks at him and she's like, hi. Hi. And then he, he, like, grabs her legs and, like, puts her on his lap. So she's, like, straddling him. And he's like, there's no one like you, Covey. And they start making out. It's, like, very steamy, literally, because there is steam rising from this hot tub. So after this hot and steamy makeout, they go back into, like, the ski lodge, and he walks her back to her room, and they kiss again and say goodnight. And Laura Jean goes to bed smiling, wearing a full face of makeup. And the wet nightgown. (laughs) Yeah, and the wet nightgown. The continuity. Yeah. 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 It's so bad. That was another thing. Okay, this is a petty side note because – and I don't (laughs) want to take away from, like, the – scene that we just saw but like she has like i think like pretty clear like hair extensions eyelash extensions like Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just bothered me because it didn't seem very laura jean um yeah i also just wish they put her in like a better nightgown it looked like like, a stained like gray like (laughs) ill-fitting nightgown yeah (laughs) it was just yeah i just they Mm could have picked something better she has such cute clothes and then it was just like yeah, it seems yeah. out of character. 
Yeah, to not have, like, a cute set of pajamas. But Mm -hmm. obviously this whole scene is, like, just the best part of the movie. They finally get together. Finally, they know that they like each other. And yeah, the scene is just, it's so well lit and it it's just so perfect. It's, it's really good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And then finally, the weekend is like over. So she gets on this bus to go back home and everyone starts clapping. Immediate red flag for me. For me. Yeah. I'd be like, whoa. So very sus that everyone's clapping as she walks on. She sits next to Peter and she's like, okay, did you mention anything about last night? Like, what's up? And he brushes it off, like, just tells him it's a stupid thing. People always do that to couples. And then he takes a nap on her shoulder um, for the ride back to school. So the bus gets back to the high school. Lara Jean is like grabbing her bag from like the storage area and Jen comes up to her and she's like, oh my God, Lara Jean, I think it's so cool that you came on the trip. And I think it's really big of you to be so understanding about my friendship with Peter. And Lara Jean's like, what are you talking about? And then Jen reveals that Peter slept in her room last night. And she's like, you're so trusting. I remember that about you from middle school. And I'm just seething. And it gets worse because Jen then is like, oh my God, don't you hate how like greasy your hair gets from riding on the bus? And then (laughs) takes out Lara Jean's scrunchie and puts her hair up. And she's like, oh yeah, Peter gave this to me. Isn't it cute? Anyways, bye. Such a jackass (laughs) move. Yeah. But yeah, it's so weird to be like, yeah, my hair gets super greasy. (laughs) Yeah. Weird flex. (laughs) Weird flex, but okay. Like, that's such a weird way of framing it. She literally just could have been, like, puts her hair up. and Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, isn't it wild? Like, I have lice. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it insane? Like, I look disgusting. (laughs) I look like fucking a shit right now. Wouldn't you kill me if you were me? (laughs) it's so weird this this scene always stands out to me of like the fuck is she saying (laughs) she's reaching she's reaching so far yeah (laughs) anyways they um yeah they separate and peter comes out to laura jean and she's like what the heck peter why were you sleeping in jen's room last night and why did you give Jen my scrunchie from, like, four months ago? Yeah. Um, and she's like, "Is has this all been a joke to you? And he's like, no, not at all. You just don't understand the situation. And she's like, it's over. I don't want to talk to you. And he's like, no, no, no. I'll explain it. Um, I'll drive you home. And she's like, I would rather walk or even drive myself than get in a car with you, which we know she means business if she'll drive yeah. herself. So back home, Laura Jean is back. She is clearly distraught. Like, she looks like she's about to cry. Kitty comes up to her and hugs her. She's so happy she's home. And Margot comes down the stairs. And just, like, for Laura Jean to see all these girls that she loves, her sisters, it, like, immediately makes her feel better. It's, like, amazing timing. I really like that they did that in the movie. So they all make cookies together and talk about what it's like in Scotland. And Margot is, like, regaling them with her college stories. And Kitty is like, oh, my God, you go to bars. You're drinking beer. What's going on? And 
Kitty is like, do you think you'll, you know, invite Josh over for dinner? Margo's like, I think it's just going to be, you know, the girls' night, like a family night, just us and dad. But then, (sighs) because men ruin everything, (laughs) there is a knock at the door. And who, who could it be besides Peter Kavinsky? Yeah. Ready to just ruin everything. He talks to Laura Jean, tells her, you know, nothing happened between him and Jen. Laura Jean says that that night was a huge deal to her, even if it isn't for him. And she mentions how every guy was like cheering on the bus and he was just eating it up. So Laura Jean asks Peter to leave, but just as she does so, who else but lurking fucking neighbor Josh comes up and inserts himself in the conversation. Of course. He (laughs) strolls on up and he's like, she asked you to leave, buddy. (laughs) And he's like, he's like a half foot shorter than Peter. Yeah. Um, And then Peter's like, oh, like, this is why you broke up with me? Because you're still in love with Josh. And he calls him like a Bonnie (laughs) Bear wannabe. I'm like, okay, Peter, calm down. (laughs) so bad. Yeah. So Josh is like, well, if Lara Jean broke up with you, maybe it's because she actually came to the realization that uh, she's way too good for you. And of course, this is when Margot enters the porch and overhears. She's like, you're in love with Josh? And then runs inside and slams the door. Lara Jean yells at Peter to go home. And he's like, you were never second best. Josh is absolutely shook. He's like, I didn't know Margo was home yet. And then she goes inside to deal with the fucking aftermath of this hellfire. It's so bad. And like the Margo reveal is really sad. And then um, Peter again is just like so confusing with his like words are saying like you're never second best, but his actions are like weird. So Laura Jean goes up to her room. She's obviously really upset. She's like throwing all of her novels on the ground um, and into a big box. And she tears up the contract, which we know is probably not the original. version because it has changed once again it gets even worse uh she gets a text from chris and it's a video of laura jean and peter in the hot tub and they're making out it was posted to instagram and is like racking up the views it's actually a really beautiful moment well i guess it's not really beautiful at first it's really awkward Laura Jean asks Margo for help, obviously big sister. Margo does agree despite everything that's happened that evening. And she looks at the video. She's like, okay, you're completely covered up. You know, if you weren't tagged, no one would know who it was. But Laura Jean is freaking out nonetheless. Margo tries to calm her down. She lets her know that they're going to take care of it. They'll fix it. And then she asks why Laura Jean didn't tell her everything was happening in the first place. And she's like, I thought you would hate me. And Margot is like, I would never hate you. But when she heard what Peter said, she thought that she was trying to, like, date Josh right now. Yeah. And Laura Jean's like, no, I would never do that to you. And Margot is like, well, I didn't know what to think because you wouldn't Skype me and I felt like you didn't need me anymore. And it's actually really sad. And Lara Jean is like, are you kidding? Of course I need you. Look what happened while you were gone. And then she says the most ridiculous line in this whole movie. She says, I made a sex tape and I haven't even had sex. And I'm like, it's not a sex tape. Let's dial it back. 
you're just making out in a hot tub. But anyways, I guess when you're like 16, it feels Oh, it feels more severe. intense. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So Margot and Lara Jean, they like make up and Kitty joins them. Like the three sisters all hug. And Margot says, from now on, no more secrets between the Covey girls. And Kitty's like, well, actually, I'm the one who sent the letters. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's like Laura Jane's whole life is just like tumbling <laughs> down around her. Like literally all her secrets are coming out. Um, yeah. It's very chaotic. And she looks at Kitty and she's just like, I'm going to kill you. And she starts chasing her around the room. She's holding something like... <laughs> It's like, oh, a I, it's like a hobby yes. horse. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she's she's like chasing her around, like trying to take a swing at her. And our obviously Margo's like trying to settle them both down. And Kitty just says, like, remember the driving incident? I could tell that Peter liked you, and I knew that you would never do anything about it, so I decided to take the letters um, and mail them out. And she's like, well, then why did you send all five? You could have just sent the Peter one. And she was just like, I wanted you to have a boyfriend, and it was better odds if I sent out all five. Just having zero um, hope in her sister. Yeah. But Margot calms down Laura Jean, and she's like, um, Kitty's heart was in the right place. Like, she meant well, so let's relax. And Laura Jean says, okay, Kitty, um, can you give me braid crowns for the rest of my life, and I'll forgive you. And they make up. The one, This is the one thing I have against Kitty is, like, I understand sending out more than one letter because the odds, but, like, you know you didn't need to send that one to Josh. Yeah. You could have left that one. But she's also, like, 11, so what are you going to do? She can't even read. (laughs) Just head empty, no thoughts. (laughs) Flash forward to Christmas time. Margot ends up emailing Instagram so that they can take down the video of Laura Jean. Laura Jean is, like, laying on her bed just looking at her phone background and she's like well I guess I should change that but Margot is like yeah or you can talk to Peter instead flash forward again to New Year's Laura Jean puts up a new calendar and she says that her life might be a mess but at least she can clean her room which is a total anomaly for her and her dad is like watching in the doorway with Kitty realizing how bad like what a mess she's gotten into (laughs) Yeah. So he interrupts and he um, tells her that they're going to go for a drive. Yeah. So he takes her to her favorite diner, the cafe, and they have these little like table side jukeboxes. And he says that when he would come here with her mom, she would always play um, Everyone Wants to Rule the World like over and over and over again. She would like dance in the aisles and he's like, I was super embarrassed, but now I look back and I'm like, damn, like I should have been up there dancing with her, you know, talking about how much he loved her. And he says that he doesn't really talk about her that much because it makes him really sad. And he kind of like admits that he's relied too hard on Lara Jean and Margot to like take care of the family. And he says that she's 16 and she doesn't have to be an adult yet. And that's why he was so happy to see her with Peter And it was so nice to, like, see her come alive to other people the way that she does with her family. And, you know, he tells her not to hide that part of herself. It's, like, very sweet. He's such a good dad. Yeah. I really, really like him. Lara Jean says that she really misses her mom. 
And then when the song ends, she asks for a quarter and then like plays it again. It's, it's really cute. Sweet. And this yeah. scene, um, they added into the movie. It wasn't mm-hmm. in the book, um, but they said that they needed like a scene to kind of like wrap up some of these like larger storylines. And mm-hmm. I thought that it was like the perfect type yeah. of scene. So I'm glad they did that. So then they get back to school after uh, the winter break has ended. Laura Jean is relieved to find out that her sex tape did not go as viral <laughs> as she thought because it was overshadowed by the debate club's New Year's Eve nitrous oxide scandal. Of course. <laughs> yes, of course. And her relief is quickly gone because um, there's a crowd around her locker and she walks up and there's a printout of um, the sex tape and someone wrote on the locker, it's always the quiet ones. And obviously like our mind flashes to Jen and Chris rips off the picture and Laura Jean starts to run away. And <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Kavinsky rolls up and Laura Jean's like, were you going to let everyone think that we had sex in the hot tub, even though, you know, we didn't. Yeah. This is like very realistic moment in my opinion to be faced with like this, like terrible rumor getting out, which is something like so high school. Like I could see this happening to any girl that I went to high school with and the boy just being so blase, like not even thinking to say anything like thinking it was no big deal so chris comes out of the cut too and she's like okay peter are you going to do something about this so he gets everyone's attention and is like listen up not that it's anyone's business but nothing happened between me and laura jean and if i hear anything more about it i'm gonna kick your ass so peter like follows laura jean he's like if I knew who did this, and Laura Jean is like, okay, but you know who did it. Use one brain cell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Peter is like, okay, like, I'll talk to Jen. But Laura Jean is like, no, I'm going to handle this myself. Yeah. So she goes into the bathroom to confront Jen about the photo. Of course, Jen denies it immediately. And she's like, but I am glad somebody did it. So now everyone will see you for who you really are. And I'm like, fuck off. God damn it. I can't stand this girl. She's unhinged. Yeah. Then she starts to like kind of go off and she's like, Peter is not as confident as he pretends to be. I'm not as tough as I pretend to be. And you, Lara Jean Covey, are not as innocent as you pretend to be because you kissed the boy that I liked. And Lara Jean is like, (laughs) you're broken up. And she's like, no, not now, in seventh grade, before we dated. And I'm like, girl, let it go. Lara Jean reminds her that it was middle school and it was tongueless. And Jen is like, well, it wasn't tongueless to me. And then storms out of the bathroom. (laughs) Okay. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> Insane. But yeah, Lara Jean is like, oh my God, like I always thought that nobody was paying attention to what I was doing, but I guess I wasn't as invisible as I thought. Yeah. And it's just like another time that they've referred to like a seventh grade situation as yeah. something like so nuts. <laughs> like, yeah. Like life changing. Uh, so Josh, they're back at the Covey household and Josh is visiting Laura Jean and Margot is obviously back in Scotland and 
Laura Jean wants to give him an explanation of truly what's happening. And she says, like, you know, you were the first boy I ever liked. And I didn't really realize that I liked you until you had already started dating Margot. And she realized that it was more platonic and that she missed her best friend. And Josh was like, well, why didn't you just tell me that? And she just says, I didn't realize that it wasn't a romantic interest until I started dating Peter. Josh is like, no hard feelings. There's nothing to be sorry about. It kind of is the same with me and Margot. Like, we're better off as friends. Which, again, I think alludes to the fact that they they didn't ever have anything, like, super serious or super spicy. And that, like, the door was kind of always open for Laura Jean. And then Laura Jean asks if he had stopped loving Margot right after she broke up with him, kind of alluding to the, the Peter situation. And he says, not at first, but he understood what happened. Josh asks if Laura Jean feels the same way about Peter and says like, you know what, if you miss him, you should just go and tell him. Yes. And Laura Jean's like emotional blockages come up again. She is like, I can't say anything because, you know, if I stay quiet and just let it happen, I didn't actually lose anyone. It was all fake. But if I say it was real, then I would be losing a lot. Josh is like, you have to tell people how you feel, Laura Jean. You can't just sit in your room writing love letters. You know, he wouldn't even be in your life if the letters hadn't gone out. And Laura Jean says that she's tired of writing love letters. You know, she'd like to be the one receiving them. Infuriating. (laughs) Infuriating. So Kitty hands her the classic little turquoise hat box. And she's like, I don't know why I did this, but I thought you might want them. And her little sister has saved all of the notes Peter has sent Laura Jean throughout their fake relationship. And mm-hmm. Laura Jean is like reading all these cute love letters. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, the, it, it was the first time. Like, she was yeah. like, what? I received all of these? <laughs> Does that mean she like didn't read any of them? She just like threw them out? I don't even know. She's like, suddenly I cannot read. <laughs> it was like again weird though and maybe this is just me being like really nitpicky but I'm like some of them did say like good job at being my fake girlfriend and stuff it's just like yeah yeah. (laughs) or like good presentation in English class (laughs) (laughs) that's why I'm like I do understand like she is dense as Peter says like at the whole situation she Mm. obviously has emotional walls up but sometimes I'm like I also understand where her confusion's coming from because it's like one note, it's like, you're beautiful. And then the next note is like, Jen was so jealous today because we did really well. So I, he does, he sends a lot of mixed signals for sure. So many, this whole movie is just mixed signals with everybody. Yeah. (sighs) But you know, Lara Jean realizes finally that Peter has liked her this whole time for real. So she drives, big deal, to the school. She marches up to Peter on the lacrosse field once again. And she's like, I drove here. And he's like, that's great. Congratulations. And then she starts to walk away. And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, hey. 
Yeah. <laughs> what's what's that in your hand? Because she has a little letter. And he, like, tries to grab for it. And he ends up getting it. But he's like, no, like, if you want me to read that, then you need to give it to me. So she asks him to turn around. And she starts to, like, read the first letter of her speech. I'm embarrassed she for her. <laughs> it's probably the most, like, secondhand embarrassment that yeah. I had throughout this entire movie. Yeah. So she taps him on the shoulder to turn around so they're face to face. She says, I need you to know that I like you, Peter Kavinsky, and not in a fake way. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I know. (laughs) I also like you. Um, We haven't been fake dating in months. Yeah. uh, I just don't know anyone in high school who would have found this endearing. Like I don't. I know. And that's why I'm like, again, I feel like I'm so, I'm being so picky, but it's like, she's supposed to overcome her fears and then she's like, turn around. And like, yeah. also she wrote like a letter and like, that's just so embarrassing. <laughs> like, so. She's like, I've already done it. The damage is already done. I'll just write another one. It's fine. <laughs> this God. is my thing now. <laughs> Yeah, and even when she marches up to him, she does the, like, hi thing again, and I guess that is real life. Like, you would probably, you might be a little bit awkward, um, especially in high school, like, approaching somebody, but Mm -hmm. it's just so cringe. Yeah. And how does Peter respond to this? (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Once you see it, you cannot unsee it. And I feel yeah. like that is um, a Noah Centineo mannerism slipping into his yeah. Peter Kavinsky character. Definitely. Yeah. But he's like, I wanted to tell you this, which now again would be like weeks ago, mm-hmm. that the reason I was in Jen's room was to say like, it's really, really, really officially over. And he says, I'm in love with you, Lara Jean, only you. And... It's a pretty big jump because he uses the L word um, and it's like they weren't even like technically real dating and it's been like one semester. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But again, I think with like continuity, they don't really say I love you in the second movie either. So maybe it was just because it was like a sweeping gesture, gesture at the end of the movie. Yeah. But (laughs) when I said that the last bit was the cringiest. I was mistaken. Yeah, you forgot this, about the next this, part. Yeah. This part is, like, I I can't believe you gave me this part to talk about. Like, I don't want to say it out loud. But he leans in to kiss her, and she's like, just wait. What do you put in a contract for, like, a real relationship? And he's like, no, real relationships don't have contracts. You got to trust. And it's just, like, it's literally so painful. Like, that truly is the worst part of the movie. Oh, my God. And then um, in that, like, Peter swag that only he has, he says, you going to break my heart, Covey? And then they make out. And Laura Jean, in, like, the closing shot, um, as it zooms out, she narrates... I always fantasized about falling in love in a field, but I just never thought it'd be the kind where you played lacrosse. Wow. (laughs) And you thought that that was the end of the film. (laughs) But it's not. Um, There's a little post-credit scene 
the continuities on this film are something else. So there's knock at the door at the Covey household, and it is John Ambrose McLaren. He has the letter and a bouquet of flowers, and, like, Kitty answers the door, but I've seen the second movie. We've all seen the second movie now. Yeah. The man who knocks on the door (laughs) is a white man. He is a white man. As he is, is not Jordan Fisher. <laughs> no. Like, as is the flashback. I'm like, yeah. Jordan Fisher, loved him, great job, great time. Yeah. But what? What? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you even do that? You would think that they would just, like, because it's Netflix and they can, like, edit movies once they're published because they've done that before. You would think they would just refilm that scene with Jordan Fisher, throw it in there. But they left it with this white dude. It's just so silly. It made me so mad that they didn't recut it because it seems like such an easy thing when, yeah, yeah, it's just distributed Mm. on Netflix. But yeah, yeah, that that was so confusing when I saw the second movie trailer. And I was like, who is this? Because this isn't John Ambrose Mm -hmm. McLaren. And it's like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. it is. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I will take this moment. Just to say how much I love John Ambrose, I just wanted to put that out there because he is my favorite man in this whole series. I did not think that – oh, well, I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone, but I didn't think that it would end the way it would in the second one. Yeah, neither did I. And I I remember watching this for the first time and my jaw, like, literally dropped because this also doesn't happen in the book. Like, they Mm. meet volunteering. I don't even think – I think he writes her back and Mm -hmm. uh, she doesn't write him back, but then they meet, yeah, unexpectedly. So, yeah, my jaw dropped when this happened. Yeah. Yeah, because I think in, yeah, in the second movie, that's how it goes down as well, where, like, he writes her, she doesn't, then they meet at the old folks' home. Yeah, that's the other continuity. It's, like, not just the person, his, like, intro Yeah, he doesn't show up at the door. He gets, he gets the letter, so... Like, six months later, he decides to bring her back. Yeah. (laughs) As we've seen, this movie did not do a good job with continuity. But Mm. what are you going to do? I'll give him a pass. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was to all the boys I've loved before. Yeah, I think, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff about this movie that's not great. It's not particularly, like, revolutionary. But I do enjoy watching it so much. It's just, like, so comforting. I love looking at Lara Jean's room. It's, like, one of the coolest bedrooms I've ever seen in any movie. I love the sisterhood. I love her family. I think it's just, like, super sweet. It's the same. I mean, Love, Simon is, like, probably my favorite, like, modern movie And it's, like, the same thing with, like, this feeling of, like, modern Americana. And Mm -hmm. I love the, like, coziness of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Despite picking it apart, it's just, it felt like a classic as as soon as it came out. And, like, I'm in my, like, late 20s. And I felt like we haven't had something in, like, the 2010s that was so... I don't know, perfect like this. It, it was yeah. it was really good. Just like a really watchable story that you can like see over and over again and still feel like those like emotions rising. Like I still feel like excited mm-hmm. even though I know 
everything that's happening. Yeah. And it's very easy to like get into the quality of like swooning over like the small stuff and be like, oh my God. And like being like tantalized by like the smallest things. Like that's why I really like period pieces and stuff because like the smallest touch of a hand is like so loaded. But like this movie is not very like scandalous in any way. It's like pretty chaste. It's like pretty low stakes but I think it's like nice to kind of live in that world for like a little bit where like you don't have to think too hard about anything it's not like something like skins where it's like everything is so like dramatic and high stakes and dark it's just like fluffy and it's nice and it's pretty to look at and it's romantic and you're right it's kind of nice to go back to a movie or a time where yeah like a kiss or holding hands is just like Mm -hmm. literally everything to you and um it's just so sweet everything and all the characters are just so sweet so yeah and it has good like kind of like moral of the story type things um that are actually really realistic like jealousy and not wanting to confess your feelings to people and complicated friendship Yeah. I think had I watched this in high school, it definitely would have like encouraged me to be more bold and like, yeah. Oh my God. I wish be more like honest and stuff. Like, I think this would have been like a really great movie for me to see when I was like 15, 16. I was literally just thinking that. Like, it kind of inspires you to like really tell people that you care about them and stuff like that. That's so interesting because I I mean, I definitely agree that that's like the biggest (laughs) moral. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything and say but like I wish that I had watched it because I feel like for me it would have been like oh like you deserve so much better I didn't have any problem like talking talking my shit and like saying whatever I wanted in high school but I definitely feel like I gave certain people like the time of day way too much yeah wait for a Peter Kavinsky don't need to settle and I do think that like Laura Jean does have a lot of self-respect. Yeah. And like for somebody who often like describes herself or tries to present herself as like a little more more like meek and reserved, she stands up for herself really consistently throughout. Yeah. I like that. Like I didn't think I had it in me, but Mm -hmm. I'm like standing my ground against Jen and I'm confessing my feelings and like Mm -hmm. telling people the truth about stuff even when it's hard. And yeah, yeah, I just really like those storylines. Yeah. We have a special um, rom-com February scale to rate this movie. The first category is rom. The second category is com. And then we'll do an overall out of 10 how many boxes of chocolate you're giving the movie and how many boxes of chocolate you would eat while watching the movie. Yes. And the first two categories are out of five. I'd say for, like, a high school movie, it's probably, like, for me, a five on the ROM scale. Yeah. It's more realistic romantic gestures. Like, it's not, like, Mm -hmm. a promposal where, like, dance numbers and stuff like that. Like, just the notes and um, him picking her up and Mm -hmm. um, holding her hand and stuff like that. I don't know. It seems really romantic. Yeah. I think I'll give it a five, too. I really like their chemistry. I like, the, like you said, like the gestures, especially being small, because like I don't love like grand gestures. It's not really my thing. But small stuff like that I find really palatable and like what I enjoy in a rom-com. Yes, I would also definitely give it a five. Throughout the movie, I never felt like 
I was let down by the romance. And it's like, it's always like the blood pumping the movie plot, Mm -hmm. like moving it forward. For comedy, I don't know if I would give it like a three or a four. Like, I think there are some Mm -hmm. really funny moments, but I'm not just like LOLing the entire time I'm watching it. Yeah, I'd say a three or a four is fair because yeah there was definitely jokes in it that I laughed at but I think some of the times I was laughing it was like at the characters yeah Yeah. (laughs) it was unintentional yeah I'd probably go with like a three like a little bit above average Mm -hmm. for my overall out of 10 I think I'm gonna give it seven and a half eight boxes of chocolate and I would probably eat just one I think I'm good with one box I think I would give it, honestly, like an eight or a nine. I really like this movie. A nine feels like so high. I'll give it an 8.5 boxes of chocolate. And I'm going to treat myself if I'm watching this. So I will eat two boxes of chocolate because I feel like a lot of boxes like never been kissed. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm eating six boxes of chocolate (laughs) with never been kissed. Yes. Yeah. I um, will also eat one box of chocolate because it was like enjoyable. There was never a time like it didn't get ever like too, too, too heavy. Yeah. So it was like enjoyable. I remember, I don't think I ate snacks during the second watching, but the first time I watched it, I remember very vividly like getting a bowl of ice cream and like turning off all the lights in my apartment and like oh my sitting by myself. Because yeah. I, I was like, this is one of my favorite, I don't know if I said this too much, but it was like one of my favorite young adult novels. So when it came out as a movie, I was like, I'm going to make this like an experience. I don't want anyone talking to me. That's so cute. Is like a big deal. Um, and yeah, I think I'll give this an eight because it's so easy to watch. And I couldn't believe actually that I hadn't watched it again since the first viewing. Yeah, I feel like there's maybe not the their couple dumb, I guess, isn't like Bella and Edward to me, or like <laughs> like some of those classic couples that I just like right. think about all the time and like want to be. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna give them an eight. But it's it is a really, really good movie. And if I was ranking all the rom-coms I've ever seen, it would probably make top five. Yeah. Just eating snacks, candy with your girls, watching to all yeah. the boys I've loved before. Yeah. Um, would you like to tell our good, good listeners where they can follow you, where they can find you? Yes. If you want to hear more celebrity gossip and pop culture moments, and I do talk about things like movies, basically everything that I care about that you should also care about yeah. um, on Ready to Be Petty. And you can listen on every streaming platform. And then you can find me on social media at RTPP Podcast. Yeah, you should definitely check out Tori's podcast. Check out all of her socials. We're huge fans. It was an honor having you on. It was a pleasure. Thank you. It was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this movie. And yeah. you two should come on my podcast and we can talk <gasps> oh, about would love. Bachelor or yes. anything else, really. Definitely. Yeah, before we let you go, be sure to follow us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. And you can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. And you can follow us on TikTok. It's Movies That Raised Us pod. And don't forget, as always, to rate, review, subscribe. And we will see you next week for another rom-com. 
Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye.